Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's with my pleasure that I welcome you all back to Talking Numbers, our number one podcast show for the accounting industry. My name is Paul Jantz, in case you don't know that, and I hope you've enjoyed our 2021 series of Talking Numbers. It's been fantastic to chat to different people doing different things within our industry. Um, look, today is going to be a great little session. I've got the pleasure in chatting to Dr. Lillian Nejad. She's a clinical psychologist. She's an author. She's a founder for Skills for Life. Lillian, how are you? Welcome to Talking Numbers. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. It is absolutely my pleasure. And look, it's a great one because talking off air, we also spoke about that it's Mental Health Month. That's right. So the timing couldn't be any better. Yeah, it's perfect timing. And it's a World Mental Health Day on the 10th as well of October. So there yeah. you go. Couldn't there have picked a better so time. We couldn't have picked a better time. And I think, look, just to give everyone a little bit of perspective, so to all of our listeners that are listening to Talking Numbers, to put a bit of perspective into this, um, we also did again. Now, earlier this year, we did a fantastic thing for, again, for mental health. We were, we were part of the push-up challenge. And if anyone, all of our listeners out there, if you are following my socials, and certainly a big shout out to Mel David, Melissa David sort of was our Let's call it our team captain, wasn't she? Yes, she, uh, definitely team leader. <laughs> correct, our team. The push-up challenge, and we did it again for mental health. I think in maybe the month of July. Couldn't have come at a better time for me because I think it was a part of our, from memory as well, our first, or I can't say our first lockdown, lockdown 2.10, I think it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, so it was a great cause back then, and that's what we're here to talk about today. So we're going to talk about some some mental health we're going to talk about some great topics that are, um, I don't know, hopefully give our listeners just a little bit of a greater insight and you being a specialist in this area as well. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really going to look forward to the next 30 minutes that we spend together, so which is awesome. Fantastic. Now, um, mental health issues, they, they, they are big um, and I know everyone continues to talk about them and, you know, it's sort of one of the things that I did last year and I, I wanted to continue to shine the light, so hence where the push-up challenge and, we did our different shows. We did our virtual lunch. We did a we did a mental health show for our accounting fat show as well, chewing the mm -hmm. accounting fat. Um, you know, we've got this issue facing us across the globe at the moment with, you know, well, I'll call it 50% of our country even hoping to come out of lockdown soon, yeah. very soon, fingers crossed. It's impacting young people, schools, social interaction, and probably heaps and heaps and more. Um, can I start with the first question of, what is mental health? Let's, let's try and break that down for all of our listeners. Yeah, I really like to think of mental health um, as being able to cope with the realities of life. So the good times and the hard times, but still being able to maintain your sense of well-being across a number of areas. And that includes your emotions, your thoughts, your behaviors, your relationships, your physical health, and your identity. So it, it encompasses quite a bit. Yeah, it does. So what would what would what would be some of the signs that we? And I know I'm going to talk about it. You know, probably in the last few weeks, even I've been running a webinar series over the importance of um, sleep. Let's call it. That was one of the topics that came up, and the importance of sleep, and the the, mm -hmm. the fact that we're not getting enough sleep that could cause anxiety. And we're going to talk about anxiety and all these sorts of things, which is really important to address the goods and the bads. Um, what are some of the the signs? of 
I'll say good and bad. Let's go script a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're going to find out that I don't like to talk about mental health issues as good or bad or anxiety as good or bad. But there are some feelings. I like to talk about it more in terms of is it functional or dysfunctional? Because I think a lot of the things that we we label as bad is because we don't like the feeling of it. You know, like anxiety doesn't feel good. So we define it as bad. But um, anxiety in every form of distress really is there for a reason. And um, I think that's part of being mentally healthy is really to understand that we have to be willing to experience these feelings and thoughts uh, and physical sensations and all those, all those things that come with, you know. Yeah. So, so try and try and recognize it and then, and then deal with it. Yeah. And look, sometimes it's there for a reason that's helpful. So it's helpful to recognize those times when it's actually doing something for you that is healthy and good and connects you and, you know, uh, and then being able to distinguish that from times where it's dysfunctional, when it's, when it's too intense or happening too often or happening in response to things um, that aren't particularly threatening or, or taking you in a direction with your behavior that you don't like or isn't in line with your values then that's when yeah. you want to do something about it. And uh, it's, a, it's a good point. So if we're talking about anxiety as an example, and, and, you, and you're right, it's, it's good. It's, just an, it's, it's not a good or bad. It's a, it's a part of how we, we deal with it. What are some of the common anxious or anxiety that we would typically come, you know, especially in these sort of times? You know, I, I know personally, I've got a young family. I've got three boys. Uh, we're trying to work full time. We're trying to homeschool. Yeah. It's been fun you know three under 11 is fun um <laughs> you know what 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 are some of the, the the key areas there that you could even that you've been seeing over the period of time over the last oh god i hate saying two years but you know it's been a good period of time yeah oh look i mean ang- we're definitely feeling anxious about a lot of things and we have every reason to feel anxious about a lot of things we've we've had to deal with worries about our health and our financial situation and our jobs and our children and our relationships and, and other people's health. And so there's a lot of things to be anxious about. Um, and I think the, what, I guess the main things that people have been struggling with um, are a lot of worries, a lot of worries about a lot of different things um, that comes from a great deal of uncertainty about what the future holds and, um, and, and feelings of not being in, in control. Mm. Um, and also, you know, it's having an impact on our, on our health, not just our mental health, but our physical health as well, which impacts our mental health because they interact with each other. So like yes. you said, things like sleep and fitness and nutrition and all of those sorts of things can be impacted through situations like these. And the fact is that we haven't ever been in a situation like this before, um, so when, you know, we talk about mental health as being able to cope with the realities of life or well, this reality of life is brand new. Um, so it obviously is going to bring us a whole new set of feelings and worries and, 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 and maybe new experiences of anxiety as well. So there's, there's just three key things that, that look, I'm, I'm a pretty focused individual. And I think you used a word there just before in terms of control. And I think a lot of people do like to control we may not put our hand up and say we are a control freak but most (laughs) of us and certainly 
if you're if you're leading a business, if you're running a business, if you're the director of a business, more than likely you are a control freak, even if you don't like to admit to it. Um, I'll put my hand up and say that I'm probably <laughs> there as well. And and it's an interesting one because you're right. It is a difficult mindset to work through that that control factor because um, because you're right. It's totally out of our control. You, you mentioned three key areas there that I wrote down, and mm. it was sleep fitness and nutrition um what are some of the you know i personally I, I can talk about this as well in terms of what i've just done in the last seven days to get myself into a better headspace for the month of october yeah. and i've just just come off a seven day I'm, i'll call it a seven day detox to get one better sleep two better fitness and three better nutrition into my body so trying to get rid of the the i'll call it the the bad energy and put some good energy back into it mm-hmm. um what are some of those three things that people, you know, everyone listening, is that something that they could start looking at, especially as we head into spring and summer and there's light at the end of the tunnel, we're coming out of all this, hopefully yeah. these lockdowns. Is that something that you would recommend that people can certainly look at and break down and say, how do I break that down and improve it? Oh, look, absolutely. I think that that's really, these are like foundational things. These are the basics of keeping yourself physically and mentally healthy. So it's a great place to start, you know, and, and you don't have to do a complete overhaul. I think sometimes just making small incremental changes that improve nutrition or fitness or sleep can be um, more effective over the long term because you can, it's more easily, you know, implementable and, um, and therefore you can keep it consistent. And it's not too hard to keep doing. So that's what I would recommend if people are feeling like they need to improve those areas, um, to do it in small incremental changes. And yeah, it's, it's like the building blocks. It, it really helps us be less vulnerable to mental health issues. That's really what um, taking care of those aspects of our lives can help us do. I'd agree. And, you know, I know for the, for the past, again, just speaking personally, I think for the last probably four years, um, I've, I've lived by a, a different sort of value and that is control the controllables. So, yeah. you know, control what you can control because you can't, everything outside of that, you can't control. So, yes, so if it is, if you want to use those foundation blocks of sleep, fitness, nutrition, you can control when you go to bed, yes. what you have before you go to bed, what you're looking at before you go to bed, um, how you get up in the morning or how you exercise, um, what you yeah. put into your body in terms of nutrition, and more importantly, how you can also filter that down. I'm, I'm really focused on doing the same thing with my kids. So yeah. it's a very similar process that you can control. Absolutely. Uh, and we, we have so much. We're, I, I mean, we're lucky in a sense of you know, being in the information era and having the internet there and yes. having, having so many ways of helping and guiding us to improve, um, especially those aspects. I think a lot of people in the well-being industry focus on those kind of foundational things, which is really important. Um, so, that, so, yeah, there are lots of different ways to get that information and to start implementing those changes. And it's just about getting started. And, and doing a little bit every day to, to improve those areas. Agree. Agree. So in terms of, let's say, businesses and families as well, so in terms to, to start to get educated, you, you mentioned you, you're right, we've got, the, 
we're so luckily to, we're so lucky to have the internet at our at our disposal and there's so much there um to get educated to start to get educated in the importance of these areas of mental health and well-being what would you recommend well look i think it's really important to find credible resources i think that's for you know for this type of information um so that you have access to accurate and evidence-based information and so that you don't get caught up in i like what i call mind fads so you know, mind fads like you can get rid of anxiety, for instance, or that you can be happy and calm all the time, because that's not real life. So what so I guess the first thing I would say is look for places to get, you know, good, scientifically backed information. Uh, And there are plenty of places and there are plenty of apps. Um, There are plenty of online programs that assist with mental health and physical health and things like sleep. Um, and then there, there are the resources in your own communities, you know, you, you, with your GPs, with potentially, you know, if you're working with your managers, with your HR professionals, um, with psychologists. So I'd, so I'd say use the resources that are available to you. That's a good point. It's a really good point. Um, in terms of leaders, you know, there'd be a lot of leaders, directors of companies listening to this right now and, you know, working through, you know, we've always thought about a team's performance and productivity. Yeah. You know, where where most of Victoria and most of New South Wales have been working from home, so we've we've had to change and adapt to quite a few, even the, the leaders and directors. You know, where they probably wouldn't have allowed their team members to work from home in the past. You know, everyone had right. to be in the office and they had to be visible. And yeah, I know that's, that's there's been a definite mindset change into that, and now. You know, a lot of them are saying, you know what, this is actually, our team are actually performing quite well. Exactly. Which is is fantastic. So it's always amazing when you are pushed to that, you go, okay, again, control the controllables. You couldn't control that, but you're seeing a really positive outcome. Um, You know, when we talk about leaders and we use things like empathy, kindness and respect, Mm -hmm. what can mental health programs do to improve that performance and productivity moving forward? Well, I think that the very, um, the most important aspect of any program to help people in, if you're, a, if you're a leader and you're trying to help your employees or staff or team, is that it's extremely important for you to genuinely care about your team's well-being for the initiatives to work. So the research says you can put an initiative in place um, if the staff or the employees or your teams don't believe that you actually really care and you're just doing it to tick a box because you're supposed to, um, they won't work. So the most important thing is to really connect with the fact that it's important and to do it not just for your bottom line, but to do it because you care about your people. Um, And then the types of mental health and well-being initiatives that are available, um, like there's, there are, there are a lot of choices, you know, there are online courses, there are workshops and webinars. Um, I've been trialing some new programs for larger companies um, that are like uh, peer support sessions for managers. So, So sessions that help managers help others with mental health issues. Cause okay. I think, cause I think we're actually expecting a lot from our leaders at the moment, you know, like, 
in terms of being able to manage mental health issues within their teams and their staff. I mean, that's not their area of expertise. Yes, yes. Right. So they need it would be helpful for them to have some more support around that and to have support within their own organizations, but also maybe with somebody who has some expertise from the outside, kind of helping and facilitating that and guiding them so that eventually they can just support on their own. Yep. So programs like that. But I guess the most important thing is that we want to help business leaders um, form like, psychologically safe spaces for their employees and staff so that they're able to talk about um, and manage mental health issues. Yeah, I think that's teams. the, yeah. and, 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 and I think that's an important point, isn't it? Just to, just to talk about it, you know, and I think, like you said, I think, um, you know, most of us as leaders in businesses and the accounting firms listening to this now, maybe think, well, you're right. That's not my level of experience. Um, I'm not a Lily and I don't have that background in <laughs> psychology. You know, I'm not a psychiatrist. Uh, so it's, it's there, but there are a lot of, like you just mentioned, there are a lot of different programs out there. Um, and it's a funny thing talking about programs for a second. And again, if you want to go and check things out, um, I just happened to be, I happened to bump into the founder yesterday as I was, I was sort of walking in the street. I bumped into the founder of Everperform, Wade mm-hmm. Keenan. Uh, again, he's developed a fantastic product there to just to, just to, find out how your people are feeling and they send out, it's a, it's a, it's a proactively sent out program um, that people do over an app and, you know, you can gauge engagement. Um, you can engage happiness and more importantly, you can maybe gauge when people are not happy or feeling a little bit down and you can actually have that conversation with them or provide them with that level of support. So, yeah, you know, I think that that's really important to um, actually ask your, you know, the people in your organization, what they need and not assume what they need. Yes. Um, because then you can actually um, provide that specificity, you know, because a lot of people are doing well-being programs um, and they and they're great and they and they're helpful, but they might not actually be addressing the specific needs of your teams. So get it. And, and I think that that's a really important thing. And that's one of the things that I'm working on actually at the moment is, is providing that kind of industry specific mental health and well-being um, information, because I think that, you know, like your accountants will have their own set of needs, you know, as an industry. And then within that, there might be, you know, different businesses that and within those businesses, there might be specific needs just within a particular organization based on their history and their culture. So really getting down to um, what your members and teams want and then delivering that. 100%. And, and, and I think an important point to that, similar to any sort of training program, and it's only my belief, but like any sort of training program, it's not a throw a blanket over the team approach i think every single individual will have different needs that's right so the ability to actually um send it individually because everything everyone's at a different point in life you know whether mm-hmm. um we might have lost a grandparent today and therefore we can't get to the funeral we, we you know we might have had a divorce or a separation three weeks ago that no one's aware of and you're in a different mental health space there's all sorts of different things that everybody will be at different stages so 
Yeah. Use it as not just a blanket approach to say, oh, well, everybody needs this. No, no, deal with it individual by individual because I'll guarantee you if you're listening to this, every single individual will be different. Yeah, and I like what you said before, like um, that, that notion of control and, you know, business leaders, like you were saying, um, or owners uh, will, like you said, might, might be control freaks. But like, I like to think of it as like problem, you know, like you solve problems, you want to solve problems, you want to fix things, yes. you want to find solutions for things. And sometimes when there's not a, a solution or an immediate one, at least, it's really hard. And it's hard to step back from that problem solving fix it mode. And with mental health, it's not about jumping in and solving the problem straight away. It's actually more about listening and validating and saying, you know, this is a safe place to talk. It, you don't have to have the answers. Because I think a lot of people, you know, they might feel like, okay, this isn't my area. I feel really anxious about talking about this with somebody because I don't know what to do. I don't know how to solve it. I don't know, I don't know how to help them. But you don't have to solve it. You just have to provide that space where they can talk about it and and make them feel comfortable. And, um, and then you can point them and provide some practical support towards, you know, resources that can help them um, towards their own solutions. And that comment there I love mainly because our industry, our accounting industry is all about solving problems. Yeah. Usually it's a numerical problem that they mm -hmm. need to solve. So yeah. this is fantastic because you're not about providing um, or, or trying to find the solution to the problem, it is about just opening up dialogue, having a discussion over it and not just a one-off. I think it's really important. Yeah. That's why late last year when we started this as well and we rolled it into 2021 and we're continuing this in the last quarter of, um, hard to believe, we're 12 weeks away or 10 weeks away from Christmas, whatever it is. But <laughs> that's nuts in itself. Uh, but, it you know, we, it, it, it is important that we continue to talk about it it's not a one-off thing you've got to continue to talk about it because it's not a something that's going to go away it's not a you know you find a it's not a one plus one equals two you've yeah, got to continue exactly. to talk about it yeah, yeah. it's it's not it isn't it isn't something that's immediately fixable or solvable it's not an equation you know it's a person and and the, people come with you know their own individual set of circumstances and um and a whole range of other factors that will impact on their mental health, but also their levels of resilience. And we just need to have some understanding that, you know, of these individual differences, just, just that on its own is helpful. Agree. Agree. And I think, and I think your people, if you do that, um, you know, we're in this, we're in this interesting time as well. You know, my, oh, I think it was last month, our, Chewing the Accounting Fat Show, we, we highlighted the fact that accounting isn't considered a sexy industry, okay? Mm -hmm. It's not something, you know, like technology is now and gaming is. And, right. Um, so we've got a massive skill shortage. Um, more, more and more firms are turning towards maybe outsourcing overseas or insourcing overseas people. But this is another fantastic way of connecting with your people to make sure you don't lose good people. We That's can't afford right. to, in a skill shortage market, you can't afford to lose good people. So this is a, a great, a, you know, another proactive approach to add to your strategy to say, how do we start opening up those conversations and how do I show that care factor that I really do care for my people? Yes. You know what? You might actually start attracting people because of that as well. Well, you 100% will. I mean, if you just, I don't, I don't know, I'm 
assuming about you, but you can tell me if this is right. But I know with me, um, it's always been the culture of an organization that makes me want to work there or, or stay there. Yes. yes. <laughs> so you, you definitely will, if you improve the culture, the, you know, the, the psychological safety, if you genuinely care about the people um, um, that you work with or that work for you, um, people will want to stay and people and more people will want to come and work for you because, you know, word of mouth is ever. So it, I mean, that's why mental, one of the reasons why mental health and well-being initiatives do work in terms of improving productivity and performance amongst, amongst staff is because people feel supported. They feel um, more, cont- more content. And that means that they're going to have less sick days. There's going to be less staff turnover. Yes, yes. And that means more, pro- more productivity and, more productivity. And, and better bottom line, really. So, yep. you know, if it's, if it's about, if you start with um, caring about people, you get the benefits that you're wanting as a business owner as well. Yes. And there's, there's another, I'll share another. There's, there's a lot of people that talk about it. Yes. And there's another class of people that actually do it. So again, if you're listening to this, um, and you know, this, 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 this is a fantastic session, so I'm really enjoying this because there's going to be, you know, I talk about golden nuggets and there's so many that's going to come out of this particular sesh where yeah. you've got the ability to go back and if you listen to it, it takes some notes. And, but there are, you know, I've, I've personally, I've been in organisations that talk about it a lot, but then yeah. they do nothing. You know, and that, that old, you know, my little inverted commas is going up in place here with my two fingers. Um, actions yeah, it speak louder than down. words. It absolutely does. You do have to lead by example and yes. it has to be genuine. People know when it isn't, you know, 100%. when your leaders aren't being genuine, right? We all know this. We've all experienced this. You know, I've experienced yes. this in organizations that I've worked for. Even if you don't come in contact with your leader, like on a day-to-day basis, it still impacts you. Agree. You, you still don't really want to work for someone who doesn't care about you. 100%. So, yeah. So it's really important. It's important to change your own mindset if you're a business leader and this isn't like at the top of your list of things to care about. Agree. And, and look, whether you're a, you're a business leader, whether you're, you know, whether you're a, you're a mum, whether you're a dad, yeah. it, it's, it's, we're all, you know, we're all in that position where we can influence and care about other people and, Probably this is going to lead me in, into another question, which is fantastic. And I, I, I noticed, you know, it's the global sort of one of the biggest global companies, apparel companies, shoe companies in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, last month, I know that Nike had put out to its employees um, about improving productivity in terms of mental health and giving everyone a week off. Mm-hmm. So they had a mental health week off. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I think that that's one strategy that could be really helpful and and appreciated by their staff. I think a lot of people question things like that because they're like, well, how could this be for productivity when they're taking the week off and not going to be doing any work? (laughs) But, But they're playing the long game because research shows that caring about your employees boosts productivity. So yeah, that week of product, you know, of productivity will be down, but in the long term, it'll pay off. Not only for their bottom line, but for their people. Yep. Agreed. And who wouldn't so want to stay with a company like that? 
Well, that that's exactly right. And I think they're, they're the little things that you can think about as we, uh, whether we're looking at the last quarter of 2021 or moving into 2022. Um, can you add this into your employment agreements moving forward if you're an employer to say, well, guys, as a part of, you know, the four weeks annual leave and the, all the all the statutory type of stuff that we need to provide you as an employer, we also give our employees one week of a mental health week off as well. You know, so we, we care about you. And not only that, we have support programs here to support you. You don't need to talk to us. You can talk to independent people if you want to. If somebody told me that as an employee, as a 30-year-old instead of a 50-year-old, like mm-hmm. I'd be going, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. And look, it's one idea. So I'd say like if that doesn't work for your organization, and it might not for True. a variety of reasons, there's plenty of other ways that you can make your staff feel special and supported. And so it's about being creative and thinking about what's going to work for you and, and maybe even asking you know, their opinions, like what would work for them. True, true. Yeah. So that's where it comes back into some of that pulsing where you can ask certain questions. Um, do, you, do you find in terms of, you know, making some mental health decisions, do you find there's a difference between males or females or do you think males or, or females are more likely to make a decision about their mental health state? Oh, look, I think historically uh, women tend to make decisions uh, about their mental health and their physical health more than men. I think that the stats are pretty clear that um, even with physical health issues, men are more reluctant, you know, to take care of that than women in general. But I don't think that that's going to be the same in future generations. And I, I definitely have noticed anecdotally in my own private practice that um, more men are willing to come forward and ask for help. I'm seeing that more and more over the last few years. So I think that that trend is going to continue. You know, look, I, I would, you know, it's fantastic to get your, your, your professional opinion on that because you, you see that day to day. My gut feeling would be that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more of us, um, certainly as, as a dad, I'm talking to my boys about those sorts of things as well and where yeah. um, I want them to see that, I'll call it the vulnerability. I want them to see the vulnerable side that it's, it's okay. Because yeah. I think that's the, the, the problem that we've seen in the past. The old school might have said, well, that's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that? I know. I agree. I think that um, things are changing in terms of societal ideas about mental health. And um, we, you know, again, historically haven't really been open about mental health and anything that isn't talked about carries with it a sense of shame. Yes. And, you know, despite the fact that about half of us will experience a psychological issue at some point in our lives, People haven't been open about it or, comf- or ha- they haven't been comfortable talking about it for, you know, for, a very, for forever, really, until now. Um, and when society gives you the message that it's something you hide, and yes. when, we, when we keep secrets and hide things about ourselves, we often feel shame. And that's where the stigma comes from. Hmm. So the hmm. more open we're about it, the more aware, the lower the stigma. And um, young people you know, are getting a lot more of this information than, you know, than our generation did for sure. Yes. Um, definitely schools are paying much more attention to well-being. I, and I'm sure like you are, like your kids, my kids have already been exposed to concepts like self-care and mindfulness and how to seek support, you know, if you're feeling down or if yeah. you, you're having, if you're struggling in some way. So it just means that younger people in the future generations won't carry that same stigma that previous generations have which is great 
Yeah, I'd agree. And I think, you know, even some of the statistics that have come out probably in the last even um, 90 days or even the last six months, even, you know, that, that, that vulnerable, I'll call it, you know, 11 to, to 14, even age group of them hurting themselves. And, mm. um, you know, it's, <laughs> blows me away it actually makes me quite emotionally and thinking about it but it, yeah. it's 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 sad so how, how do you think we start to change the belief system well i think it's it's a i think it's already happening again i think the more we talk about it and bring it out into the open the less shame there is yep you know like i find with a lot of my clients who they say they only talk to me and they haven't told anybody you know, yeah. and slowly, slowly, I'm like, I encourage them to talk to at least one or two people in their lives. And then they find out, oh, and that person told me that they've seen somebody or they, you know, their, you know, relative or their friend has seen somebody. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's normalized. Actually, a lot of people have issues. And a lot of people ask for help. And I think the, uh, the idea that asking for help is a weakness is completely backwards. Because if you've ever ever, you know, um, let's say seen a psychologist, for instance, um, you're walking into a room with somebody that you don't know and trusting them with your, your problems and your issues and the things that, you know, that your vulnerabilities, there's nothing more courageous than that. <laughs> there's nothing more courageous. That is the strongest, most courageous people are the people that walk into my room. And people really just need to understand that it's, it's an act of courage. It's not an act of weakness. Fantastic. Fantastic. Look, unfortunately we do need to wrap this up, but as, as far <laughs> as a, um, a, you know, a final piece of advice that you can share for all of our listeners, whether it be, you know, good, bad, ugly, is there, is there a piece of advice you'd like to share? Well, I just think, uh, especially in the current circumstances, we really just need to be kind to ourselves. It's a really difficult time. So it makes sense to feel distressed right now. So um, be nice to yourself, take care of yourself, um, connect with the people that you love and reach out for help as early as possible. Because the earlier you ask for help, the earlier, the earlier you're going to get it and the earlier you will feel better. Yeah, it's a good point. And in terms of reaching out for help, is that, is that just, um, would, you, would you suggest talk to friends or would you yeah. talk to someone like yourself or? Yeah, there's lots of levels for that. So depending on you and what your needs are, it might be that, you know, your friends and family are a good place to start. If it's related to you professionally, you might start with your human resources professional or your manager. But there's yeah. obviously also like the, you know, public mental health, private mental health. So seeing your GP, getting a referral to a psychologist is definitely an option. And then there's a whole range of self-help options online as well that you can that you can access. Yeah, brilliant. So, so it really brilliant. just depends on you as an individual what's going to be the most helpful step for you to take. Brilliant. I've loved it. Thank you very much. Look, and, and I think this is, you know, to, to all of our listeners, whether it's, it's you personally, whether it's your team, I suppose hopefully we've been able to give you different aspects that you can work with, work through, start chatting to people. Um, and, you know, Lillian, thanks. It's your knowledge, your passion, um, obviously your experience has been fantastic. It's something that I'm, it's very close to me as well. And, you know, I've seen a lot of friends go through it as well. So it's yeah. been fantastic to, to talk about it and more importantly, continue to share insights and shine the light. I think it's really important to continue to talk about this important topic because it's, it's, it's not going to be 
here today, gone tomorrow. It's something That's that we right. need to continue to talk about. So thank you so much for joining me. You're very welcome, Paul. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for joining us to listening to our Talking Numbers podcast. Um, we've got plenty of several big name guests to come. And obviously, if you've liked anything you've heard, please go back. Please like it. Please share it. Please comment on it. Um, and more importantly, if you like what we're doing, please make sure you check us out on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all our different socials, The Professional Partners, and you'll find us there. Thanks for listening.